train your dog. It sounds simple enough, doesn't it? Then you try it, and you need to manage the leash, or the treats, or the clicker, and the dog. The dog isn't standing still. They aren't focusing. They aren't doing what you expect. Suddenly, that simple task seems a lot more complicated. I can run off to a class, or buy a book, or search the internet to find a magical technique to help me simplify the task of training my dog. But then, there are new steps, new concepts, new movements, and new ways to communicate with my dog. It's a lot to remember, and it's a lot to try and get right, especially when I'm working with an animal that has a limited attention span. Suddenly, dog training looks a lot more complicated. But it doesn't have to be. Chinese philosopher Confucius offered this observation over 2,000 years ago. Life is really simple but we insist on making it complicated. Perhaps when things are not going well in our dog training, the answer is to do less and not more. Perhaps we need to let go of our insistence on making simple things complicated. I know that's what my dog would do. This is Canine Nation. This is Episode 94, and it's Tuesday, March 4th, 2014. In addition to these podcasts, Canine Nation appears at Life is a Human, the online magazine. You can find an archive of all the Canine Nation articles at caninenation.lifeasahuman.com. Canine Nation also has its own website at caninenation.ca, and here you can find an archive and links to all of our podcasts and all of the articles at Life is a Human. Welcome to the Canine Nation podcast. My name is Eric Brad. It's March, and our agility activities are starting to ramp up for the season. My Belgian shepherd, Tiramisu, is 10 years old this year, and by the rules of NADAC, the agility venue that we trial in, she will now be jumping at the 16-inch jump height instead of the 20-inch height that she has jumped for years. I'm not sure how I feel about that because it's very likely she will be able to run faster since she won't be taking as much airtime over those jumps. So, we're off to practice in this new way and to try and run at 16 inches, and I'm sure it will bring some new training challenges with it. I'll let you know how we do with all of that. Our younger dog, Rizzo, is really starting to come into his own. He will be four years old in a couple of months. My wife, Petra, has been his primary trainer, and they have a lot to be proud of as a team. Rizzo and Petra have worked together on rally obedience, search-and-rescue-style tracking, and agility. Rizzo has several agility titles, but this new season promises to be his best yet. He's maturing wonderfully, and I'm so very proud of the work that Petra has done with him. If you have any plans for this outdoor season, we would love to hear from you. You can join us on Facebook as part of our Canine Nation Forum Facebook group where you can share your thoughts, ideas, and questions with all of us. We would love to hear about your adventures. As always, your feedback is important to us. You can reach us via email at barks at caninenation.ca or you can leave a comment at any of our articles or posts. One of the hardest lessons I had to learn 
when I moved to reinforcement and science-based training was to keep things simple. Simplicity was necessary because I needed to communicate to a dog, a different species that didn't understand my language or my intentions. But learning to keep my training simple also helped me be more focused and more productive. I often found that solutions to training problems meant doing less instead of more, lowering my expectations and focusing on what was achievable rather than some larger goal that might take a little longer to get to. Taking it simple showed me the value of patience, but learning to keep training simple can be difficult, even if it isn't that complicated. This is my article, Dog Simple. It always amazes me when someone says, Dogs are so stupid. Usually, they are referring to a particular dog's inability to follow their instructions or commands for something the human thinks should be relatively simple. Yet, we use dogs to perform many complicated functions in human society, from being service and guide dogs for the blind and disabled, to performing search and rescue missions, to assisting in law enforcement and livestock management. It seems that even though our dogs may be simple-minded creatures by our human standards, they are capable of remarkably complex tasks. So, is it a question of our dog's ability to perform these complex tasks, or is it our ability to teach them how to perform them? Noted animal trainer Bob Bailey has said that an animal can be trained to do anything of which it is physically capable. The dog world is filled with examples that would support Bailey's statement. The question isn't if our dogs can do something so much as how do we communicate and teach them to do it. If someone asked me to design the electrical wiring for a new home, not something I've done before, I could probably do it. It's a complex task, but I could break it down and learn each of the components and how to fit them together. The same is true when we teach our dogs something new. To a human, asking your dog to sit and wait while you get something from the car may seem like a simple task to a human, but it might be complex for your dog to understand. Think about it. When I bring a new dog home with me, one of the first things I need to be able to do is keep an eye on that dog so it doesn't get into trouble before it learns the house rules. Basically, I teach my new dog to follow me everywhere. Even after I teach her to sit, Asking her to stay might seem a little strange because I've always asked her to follow me around before that time. I'm changing the game, and I need to make sure that she understands these new rules. I've found that the best way to teach my dogs is in small pieces. Whether it's teaching a complex chained behavior like running to the end of a dog walk in agility, stopping and waiting for me to release her, or a behavior like stay, which has several criteria, like where to stay, when to stay, how to stay, and how long to stay. I find that teaching each piece separately is less stressful for my dogs and generally results in faster and more long-lasting results. The human brain has a tremendous capacity for storing patterns and information. Because of the size and development of their brains, Dogs do not share our easy facility with storing and remembering complex patterns that are necessary for learning and performing behaviors. For example, if you are asked to sit down, you seem to automatically identify an appropriate place to sit, 
engage the muscles necessary, and perform the posture when asked. So it's often very easy for us to think of a behavior like sitting as one simple task, while our dogs may perceive it as something more complicated. Dogs can be very specific creatures. If I teach my puppy to sit while we are in the kitchen, she may look at me like I'm crazy if I ask her to sit in the living room later on that day. The reason is that she has not generalized the concept of sit to understand that she should do it in any environment and not just the kitchen where she was taught. I have to teach where to sit in addition to what sit is. I may even need to teach her specifically how to sit if I want her to sit squarely or directly in front of me. So it's important that I split up what I'm asking my dog to do and not just ask for everything at once. This kind of lumping is a very human trait. Because of our enlarged cerebral cortex, we tend to group actions into larger patterns and then execute them as one large action. It can be easy for us to misunderstand our dog's inability to do the same thing since it comes so easily to us. To humans, dogs can seem ridiculously literal and nitpicky when it comes to behavior. Why can't they just do what we ask already? Even if I'm a clever enough dog trainer to understand that I need to break things down into manageable pieces when training my dog, I can still fall victim to another very human habit, multitasking. If I'm training my dog, I may be helping them with a the gesture of my hand to give me the behavior that I want. But I may also be encouraging them with verbal praise. I might also be moving around to get to a more comfortable position to work in. I might have to move the leash, or get more treats, or even answer the phone. What is my dog supposed to make of all that activity? Which, if any, of those human behaviors have anything to do with what they are supposed to be learning? Keeping things simple for our dogs while they are learning is not just a matter of teaching small pieces of behaviors that they can understand. It also means keeping the distractions to a minimum so they don't have to sort through a barrage of sights and sounds to figure out what we are looking for. It can be a struggle to keep our human multitasking habits out of the way when teaching our dogs. Just as the tallest pyramid is built of many smaller blocks of stone, our dogs' behaviors are built of individual lessons that we teach them. And just like those blocks at the base of the pyramid, many times we can build new and different behaviors on that simple foundation if we have taken the time to teach those lessons well. In my experience, teaching a dog is not about being clever. It's about patience and being sophisticated enough to keep things simple in both how and what we teach our dogs. When you train your dog, do you break things down for them? Do you look at each part of a behavior and help them understand what you are asking for? When you train with them, do you keep the environment free from distractions? Do you keep quiet and not cheerlead and fuss around your dog while you're training? Are you focused on the training and not trying to watch something on the stove or talk to a friend while you are working? Keeping things simple may not be as simple as it sounds. Our human tendencies and habits can seem much more complex to our dogs than they do to us. It will take effort and focus to keep ourselves still enough 
and simple enough to be the best teachers for our dogs. Most of all, we will need to be patient with the process and take the time we need to learn good habits ourselves and to think through the best ways to teach our dogs. Leonardo da Vinci once said, Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. Writer Mies van der Rohe put it more succinctly when he said, Less is more. Until next time, have fun with your dogs. Here are some resources for you to check out after this podcast. Eileen Anderson has a great article that includes video that she calls Lumping It, a Public Service Announcement. It offers some great examples of the advantages of keeping your training simple for your dogs. I've created a link to it at tinyurl.com forward slash cn2014 dash lumping. I also came across a great video on YouTube posted by Expert Village. It's short, under two minutes, but highlights three simple things you can do to make a huge difference in your own dog training if you just keep them in mind. You can find the video at tinyurl.com forward slash cn2014 dash simple steps. Don't forget you can pick up any of my ebooks from dogwise.com, a great resource for anything you're looking for with regard to dogs, DVDs, books, toys, and more. Also check out our Canine Nation Facebook page and our Canine Nation Forum Facebook group. We also have a Canine Nation Google Plus community, where you can also add your discussions if you prefer that. And finally, we have a Twitter account that you can communicate with us on. It's canine underscore nation. If you have a question or comment for us, please feel free to contact the Canine Nation podcast at barks at caninenation.ca. We look forward to hearing from you. So until next time, take care of the dogs. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.